Well, you know, <clears throat> this doesn't happen to me very often. And I, I just, I, I, I want to explain this to you. This doesn't happen to me very often, but, um, you know, the, the Bible says that that the Spirit of God is on the inside of us, that God's Spirit rests inside of us. And the Bible is clear about the Spirit of God having a voice and that the Spirit of God speaks to us. And, you know, some people think, ah, you know, God, you know, people say, well, God says this and says that. And I, I think that in the church, I take responsibility for the whole church when I say this. I think the church has been too flippant about us saying that, well, God said and God said, you know, because a lot of times people say God said and then they change their mind next week. You know, it looks like God's kind of schizo, you know, like he says one thing one day and then something else the next, and that's not the God I serve, you know. But, but there's, this, there's this thing that happens, you know, and this morning... Early, once a month, uh, uh, usually on the second Sunday of the month, uh, in the morning when all the intercessors meet in, in, in their room here, I bring a word to all the intercessors. And just a word that God gives me to encourage them and to build and strengthen all those who pray. And if you didn't know that if you're part of this church, there's a whole group of people that pray for this church and for you and for for our city and for our government, and, and they do it multiple times a week, but they do that on Sunday morning before service. So I go in and I minister to them and just encourage them with a word. And uh, so I came in here, I shared that word with them, and I came in here this morning with a word, and this doesn't, this doesn't happen to me very much at all. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved, and I study the word, but then I listen to God about what God wants me to speak to you. But this morning as I was in worship, and this is the way God speaks to me. When, when I get like a nudge from God, it's, it's kind of like, uh, like I'm somewhere and, and my wife's trying to get my attention. Hey, hey, bird, bird, bird. She wants to get my attention, you know. We're somewhere and like need to be quiet or whatever. The Bible says there's this still small voice. And that's, that's the way I get it. And I was standing here today, and it's like I heard this little voice saying to me, not an audible voice, but just something inside. Talk to these people about what you talk to the intercessors about. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not here to impress you with what I have to teach. I'm here to speak to you what I, I receive from God that I believe He wants you to have. And so, all those verses of Scripture I gave you for this great message I had, <clears throat> we're not going to do those. And so, all you need is Matthew 16, Matthew 18, and Mark 11. So, that's what we're going to do. The Lord. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I want you to turn with me to... Um, Matthew 18, and you know, I know this about God, that 
I think, I think at times God just wants you to be able to kind of make a change, make an alteration, and not be so confident in yourself and what you think you know, and, and put your confidence in God in how you deliver something. I'm talking about in preaching. God, and, and, and in every area of all of our lives, God wants us to trust Him. And there's times when He'll ask you to do something just to see if you'll do it. I, I believe that because of, of the whole training process that you and I are involved in uh, with God. And so Matthew 18, and we're going to start with verse 15. And it says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Now, I want you to think about this today. I want you to focus on that statement right there, because that's what I'm going to share about. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Now, this account of Jesus' life is penned by Matthew. And so this is like a letter or an email, something that somebody would send to someone else. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, if, I, if I'm going to write a letter and, or send an email to somebody, usually I have a purpose in what I'm going to say. And, you know, th- this, these books of the Bible are divided up into into the heading, whatever it is, like this is Matthew's account of Jesus' ministry and life, and I mean a very, very small portion of it, and uh, this, this is his account, and we've got it divided up in chapters and verses, but these are letters. You know, we, we, don't, we don't write letters or send emails in chapter and verse, and so there's a theme in everything that's say. It doesn't mean that in, in portions of the letter here that he doesn't change his thoughts. But here, he didn't start with one point in verse 15 at that point of the letter and then change his mind in verse 18. And sometimes we think that because in the church and in our, in our intention to be positive and to promote victory and authority and dominion and those kind of things. We all know verse 18, 19, and 20, but verse 15, 16, and 17 seems like kind of bad scriptures, talking about people that need to be kicked out of the church or something. I mean, people, I mean, we, we develop these thoughts and ideas about scripture that a lot of times, a lot of times if, if we spend more time listening to God about the interpretation of what's written, we'll get the real understanding of it. And so today I want to give you something that maybe you've already thought about, and if you hadn't thought about this, maybe give you something else to think about, okay? So he said, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses 
to hear them, tell it to the church, but if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. I'm glad that... Anyway, I was just thinking of the, thinking the IRS and heathen in the same verse. Yeah. Anyway, verse 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them on my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Where two or three are gathered in my name, if any two of you agree is touching anything, it shall be done. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Okay? So, go to chapter 16. And look at verse 13. Matthew 16 and verse 13. And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, and some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say I am? Peter answered and said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Same thing, he just, same thing that was just spoken that we just read in the 18th chapter. Now look at Mark 11 and verse, starting with verse um, 22. Mark 11, 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith or have faith like God has faith. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes that those things he says will be done, he will have everything that he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, whenever you stand praying, if you have Anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven also may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So, I'm just going to tell you right now, what I'm fixing to say, we all need. Okay, because, you know, this Christian walk is not some temporary thing. This walk of, of Christianity, of being Christ-like, is not a temporary thing. It's an evolving thing, it's something that is evolving all the time. And I got born again right before I turned 18 years old, almost 35 years ago. And 
Since that time, my life has been evolving. Whenever you got born again, from that time, your, your life should be evolving. We're not, we're not people that are born again on a, on a temporary basis. We're born of the Spirit of God because what, what happens to us is we're born into the earth and then we're born a second time so that we can be connected to the one who created us. God created all of humanity. And there's only two races of people in the earth, and that's those who are saved and those who are unsaved. But it's God's intent that everybody be saved, so we're all of the same race because we've all been created by, in and by the image of God no matter what. All been created by the image of God. Everybody is. So the thing is this. Last week I shared this message about the fact that God needs you. I mean, He really needs you and me. Some people say, well, you know, God doesn't need anything. Well, not, 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 from, not from the standpoint that there's not anything that God hasn't made or that God isn't. And it's like there's not something that He's going to dream up or reason up that's going to be bigger than Him. He is. But last week I shared out of Genesis 2 that God made a choice... He made a choice to partner with man when he brought all the animals to Adam and he said, now you name them. And in the natural, you know, why would God do that when he, cre- he, he created everything, but he said, now I want you to name them. And we saw in Genesis 1 where God gave, all, gave authority to man in the earth, in other words, he, he came to Adam and Eve and he said, here's the, the keys and the authority in the earth. Now you subdue it and have dominion in the earth. Adam gave that authority up. Eve gave that authority up. The two of them gave up that authority. But God never took back. He never took it back. So in other words, when Satan deceived When he deceived Adam and Eve and took that authority, God didn't go and destroy the enemy. He let that process happen. And in that very moment, all of heaven's intent was for mankind to be reconciled back to God in that very moment. And 4,000 years later, Jesus died on the cross and he ascended upon high and said, this thing is finished now. Now man's reconnected to God. That's our connection today. But, but in these three passages of Scripture that I just got through reading to you, the underlying theme in these three passages of Scripture is the authority that's been given to man. But there are things that crop up to try to rob us from our authority. And the things that crop up are the roots of bitterness and unforgiveness that I believe are lodged in people from wherever they entered in. They're there. They don't just go away. Bitterness and unforgiveness are things that destroy people's lives. They destroy, they send people to the grave prematurely because they don't forgive. And as I was studying this word to share this with our intercessors about the power of prayer and the power that you and I have 
of authority in the earth. God is building his church, but he's given the authority and the keys to his kingdom to mankind. And what we bind is bound, and what we loose is loosed. And Mark 11 says, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but he believes that what he says is going to come to pass when he says it, he'll have everything that he says. But when you stand praying, now listen to me, I want you to catch this this morning. But when you stand praying and declaring, and God says to you, there's something in your heart that you need to deal with right now, we've got to learn to pay attention to that. A number of years back, in my own personal life, one day I was standing praying, and the, and the Lord showed me that, that the dividedness in all of my extended family from my parents to my siblings and cousins and aunts and uncles, our whole family was divided, or at least from my perspective, we were all divided. And the Lord said, you've got ought in your heart towards your family. It was a number of years back, and he said, you're going to have to make some changes. And long story short, what happened is, as I began to take steps of faith in the direction that God was leading me in dealing with different personalities in my family, I realized that my family wasn't all that screwed up. It was kind of me. And it was me with the attitude, and it was me that was viewing this divisiveness in, my, in our family as something that was them. You know, you can do that in a kind way. I was a Christian, a pastor, preaching against unforgiveness. And there's things that get lodged down inside of us that a lot of times get covered up even in our, all of our Christianese and our good works and all the things that we're doing to promote the kingdom. And there's nothing wrong with those things. It's good and we need to do those. But there's something that we've got to realize that is so vitally important that when we stand praying and the Spirit of the Lord is saying something to us personally, that we learn to pay attention to that and learn how to deal with it. Because this guy over in Matthew 18, this brother that they're talking about, is not, is not necessarily talking about a blood brother. It might be, but it's not just talking about that. It's talking about people that you're connected with in the body of Christ, a brother in, in connection with who we've been created by and, and for. And it says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone, and if he hears you, you've gained your brother. <clears throat> but there's so many different instances and situations where we have things that hinder us and we're afraid to go to people and we're afraid to repent to people and every situation is going to be different if you have a situation where you know somebody did you wrong and they really did you wrong you holding on to unforgiveness is not going to help you at all and and through the years those 
those situations where somebody blatantly did something wrong to me and I was holding that thing against them, it was those things that created the greatest reward and victory in my life when I was able to release that thing and admit to the fact that that thing was holding me back, not them. And acknowledge the fact that as I release that, then these absolutes in these scriptures that we just got through reading, think, think about that Mark 11 and 23. Whoever says to whatever mountain, whatever obstacle, whatever situation, whoever says to this situation, be taken up, cast in the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to come to pass, you'll have how much? You'll have how many things? He will have every single thing that he says. Now, Jesus didn't, you know, have a brain freeze right there and didn't mean to say that. Well, you'll, you'll have the things if, if, you're, you know, if you're good enough and if you're that. No, he said you'll have everything that you say. Now, listen, what unforgiveness does is it's a, it's a believing, it's a believer destroyer. Unforgiveness and bitterness destroys your ability to believe. So if you're not believing, then you're in unbelief, right? Unbelief kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. I'm telling you today, unbelief will keep you out of the promises of God in your own life. But, but, but hear me out when I say this. There is something that has been built inside of us to feel like we have a right to hold things against people that have done us wrong. There was a guy when I was when I was a young when I was young, there was a guy that said some things over me. He was kind of a, like an authority in my life. He was around and he, he helped. My parents were divorced and my dad traveled a lot. So this guy would, I'd stay with this guy. And, but, but he had a real negative personality and he spoke a lot of negative things over me. And, and, and as, I, as I grew older, I could hear this guy's voice. I could hear his voice telling me that I would never amount to anything because of certain reasons. And he wasn't a bad person. I mean, he liked me. But there is issues with him. But, you know, at 15, 16 years old, I didn't see his issues. I just felt like, you know, he had something against me or there was something wrong with me. And so I carried that thing. And as I got into the Word in Revelation, I realized that a lot of a lot of the way I viewed things or the way I would think had been altered by what this guy spoke over my life. So I just kind of held a grudge against this guy. Not knowingly, not like you would think, yeah, I just hate that guy. No, no, no. It was just like, it's his fault. It's because of what he did. And then, see, what's easy to do there is you blame someone else, so when things don't work out in your life, it's not my fault, it's his. See, it's because of what that guy said. It's 
It's because of what my dad did, what my mother did, what this person, what that teacher, what, you know, then we can go and blame. But what, what, what that is, listen to me, it's a believer destroyer. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast on the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to come to pass, he'll have everything that he says because when you've stood praying like that and you forgive and you release it and then you let your actions follow, however God leads you to follow, when you do that, what's happening is it's developing a belief system inside of you that will cause you to ask for things that are the will of God. You see, he didn't say that you would receive everything that you asked that wasn't the will of God. You receive everything that you ask and pray and declare when you know it's the will of God. That's the faith and dominion that God gave to man. And the enemy who has no power, listen, I don't care what anybody has ever taught you about the devil, he's defeated and has absolutely no power. No power. People say, well, where does cancer come from? Deception. All the enemy has is deception. And if he can deceive you into believing that you're a worthless, no good piece of nothing and stress you out through circumstances in life all day long, you'll go to the grave with some kind of disease as a result of stress. And you know what? I mean... I'm no authority on that. Just go read all the doctor's reports. Where does all that kind of stuff come from? Because people hold on to grudges and unforgiveness and it causes heart attacks and all kinds of other dysfunctions in the physical body. And, it, and, and then people will say, well, you know, the devil took that guy out. He didn't take him out. No. They were taken out through deception. The devil has no power. As ugly as cancer is, he didn't have enough power to create it. He just has enough abilities that have been left to him to try to deceive you into believing that anything in life that is not of God can be more real than God himself. And that's what he works on your mind every single day, 24-7. That's why when I stand praying... And God tells me, and I hear his voice tell me, you're holding that grudge against that person right there. And what that, that you holding that grudge is doing is it's destroying your believer. Your ability to believe and to ask for the will of God and have everything that you ask for is hindered because you're holding that grudge. You're not uprooting that root of bitterness. There's not a person in here that somewhere in their life didn't get some kind of root of bitterness in their heart. So we're all in the same boat, okay? Don't be ah, yeah, they, they, they really do. No, well, if you're, if you're deeming that someone else does with a really bad attitude, then you probably got even more than they do. So it's not about judging one another based on what you think someone else needs. It's about you making sure you're right and then helping other people. When, you, when we're going after people as we've cast vision about going after the one, when we're going after people and developing right relationships, man, when we enter into those relationships with people, we've got to have some stuff for them because they've got some stuff. 
we got to have some stuff on the other side because they got some stuff. And if, if the stuff that they got is still in us, then all we're going to do is just connect with that. And you know what it's after? It's after you having the ability to believe. In the chapter 16 that we read, watch this. This is good. Well, God's good. So it's always good. So Jesus is baiting these guys about who they think he is. Peter jumps up and says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And you know, that, that, that's all great. But then a few verses later, he rebukes him, casts the devil out of him. Anyway, verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will, on this rock I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On this rock of what? The rock of revelation. He said, he said my father revealed this thing to you. Now watch, watch this. This is really good. So he's given me the keys to the kingdom of heaven, he's given me the authority to do what? To bind and loose. He's given me the authority to bind certain things up and to loose other things. But he told Peter, he said, you're blessed because the Father revealed this to you. So when you stand praying and the Father speaks something to you and reveals something to you, It's in that moment you've got to do something with it. Because the more we pray, the more the deceiver will come to you and tell you that your prayers aren't working. But a lot of times in those moments, I can just, I can, the only reason I know is because I can testify. In those moments, God has revealed to me something to do. Now, I'll just give you an example of some things. Through the years, some examples of things that I've done through the years where I've heard God about forgiving somebody. And I had stuff towards my parents, I had stuff towards friends, I had stuff towards siblings and cousins. I mean, I had a boatload of stuff. But, the, the, but what I had got in me through deception. Because it really wasn't with any of the situations, it wasn't as extreme as I thought it was. Maybe some of there was bits and pieces of truth, but it wasn't extreme. So, I'll just use an example of a, of a cousin that I had. One of my cousins, one of my first cousins, that I had, I mean, I had attitude towards her, and I don't even know why. And every time people would get together or they, somebody would show up, you know, I'd just make sure I wasn't around. And so, a few years back, God told me, he said, you know, you've made some some good choices about forgiving her, which really she didn't do anything, but I had to forgive her, and then I had to deal with what was in me and what I was holding on to. 
And then he said, I want you to, I want you to start going out of your way to be a blessing to them. So I was flying somewhere else. I was flying to, to Virginia Beach, and she lives in Atlanta. And uh, so I fl- flew into Atlanta, and I took an extra day, and I called her ahead of time. I said, you know what? I- I'm going to be going through Atlanta, but I, I want to just come and see you guys. You know, on the other end of the phone, there's like this long silence. <laughs> okay. You know, and, 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 and to get this, you know, when you've ignored people for years, they're not going to go, they're not necessarily going to go, oh, yeah, come, you know, yeah, that sounds great, you know. All of a sudden, she's got all these excuses, why, well, you know, the kids have this, and I probably won't get to, and you, and then we won't, you know, and I said, well, uh, well, I'm going up, and I'm coming back, so is that, if that's not the right time, how about if I stopped on the way home? Uh, you know, so there was this long phone conversation, her trying to get out of me coming, and God saying, stay with it. Now, don't be, no, I mean, I wasn't going to force my way. I was just letting her know I really wanted to come and see her. And when I did that and it worked out, it broke something. See, God will show you what you need to do. You know, as, you know, it doesn't mean you have to just go to people and, and ask them to forgive you. I mean, when you go to people prematurely, when God's been dealing with you, a lot of times they look at you like, I didn't think anything about that. And it makes you feel like that was stupid for me to even say that. It doesn't matter people's response. When you're holding something in your heart and you forgive somebody and then God tells you to do something on the heels of that, I'm telling you, it will liberate you. See? And, and, and what, what, what happened is along the way there, I, I, thought, I thought I was kind of like being the savior of all my family. You know, hey, we're all starting to get together now because of me. Because I stop over and I go see my family now. You know, family that I didn't want to see for years and hadn't seen them since we were little kids. And, you know, I'm the Savior and I'm just making it all right. No, what God revealed to me, he said, you're not, you're not all that, you know. You, you're just doing what they had already been willing to do. And they weren't as screwed up as you thought they were. It was you. Okay. <laughs> Got it. And now, and now, see... What happens is my prayers get answered in a greater way. It's because when you stand praying, forgive. Why? Why? Not only does God want that uprooted out of you, but he wants your prayers answered. You know why? Because he needs you. He wants your prayers answered because he needs you. And he can't build his church. He can't build his church with people, with people with unforgiveness and pride and arrogance and attitude on the inside. He can't build his church with, those, with that material. It's false. It's, that's wood, hay, and stubble. It's, 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 it's material that won't build the house. So I'm saying to you today, and I'm bringing this word to you, that the believing destroyer, which is unbelief, which is tied to unforgiveness and bitterness... You've got to learn how to release things and release it by faith no matter what anybody else has ever done to you. Now listen, if that was easy, because some of you sitting in here today, your head's thinking, Pastor, you don't know what so-and-so did to me. 
Uh-uh, I don't. But he does. And the day they did things to you that hurt you and defiled you or whatever it is that happened to you, the day they did it, God was not sitting there condoning it. Authority was given to man. And the sins of the fathers and the parents are passed on to the children and things happen. But I'm telling you, what Jesus did is he reconciled mankind. And you're in my reconciliation and our deliverance is, is before us. And as we grow up, we've got to get rid of the blame game mentality and attitude and blaming everybody else for why things don't work in our life. And we've got to take the responsibility and forgive. And you know what? That's not, <clears throat> that's not a popular thing. And for, <clears throat> for years, I heard people teach about forgiving. And I did what I thought was my part. But to go the extra mile and to dig deeper and to really go in that area where I didn't want to go when I did it, man, things begin to happen. Liberty and freedom. And you know what? The church, the church of Jesus Christ is here to understand that when I was teaching to the intercessors this word this morning, I was telling them that there's nothing more important in God's word to accomplish in the earth what God wants accomplished than people that pray. There's nothing more important to see things accomplished than people that will pray. And we have to understand what prayer is and, and all of that. But the, the, the number one issue that will hinder your and my prayers is unforgiveness. That's why Jesus said, when you stand praying, when you're praying, you know why, you know why when you're praying is such a good time? Because you're really open to the things of God at that moment. And I knew, I had somebody tell me one time that their openness in that time when they're praying, they'd get these thoughts about people that they felt they were justified holding grudges against. And those thoughts would come and they'd bind the spirit there. They would bind the, the thought life. I cast those thoughts down trying to interrupt my prayers. <laughs> when what I think it was actually was God saying, forgive them. You're hindering, you're hindering my part of our partnership because you do the praying, then what I did, what I did has already been done. So my prayers release what he already accomplished. So we don't look at it like that. We think, well, we pray and then God sees fit whether he's going to answer our prayer. No, no. Your prayers have already been answered. So much of the problem of what we don't see, it has nothing actually to do with God. It has everything to do with us and the things that are blocking his release of what he did at Calvary. If, if Calvary was a one-time situation, Jesus doesn't have to go back to the cross every time you make a mistake. Then if it was one time for all people then it's a finished work. We've got to settle these kind of thoughts in our, in our head because of the authority and dominion that have been given to us. 
And I tell you what, this forgiveness thing is not hard. You know what it is? It has to be something that is done every day. Today I'm going to ask you, in, in just a few minutes, just where you're sitting, nobody, I don't want anybody coming up front or doing any of that thing, I'm going to ask you to think about if there's anything that God has revealed to you as I'm preaching this word, or anybody you need to forgive, and just to yourself, you just forgive them. And then what has to happen is, your awareness of how the enemy comes and says, well, you didn't really forgive him. And you got to start getting aggressive and saying, you know what? I wasn't talking to you. I'm not giving into this thing. I'm going to win this. Listen to me. It, just because you said you forgave that person doesn't mean the thoughts and the feelings and emotions and all the stuff that is still has been there just all of a sudden just float away. You know, No. Believe me, it doesn't happen. It takes the consistency to cast those thoughts down and to remember the moment that you ask for forgiveness for that, that you laid that down, and then hearing God about how you need to walk it out and how your actions need to follow. Like, like I told you, <clears throat> excuse me, I told you about the situation with my cousin, where the attitude I had, well, what, then what I had to do after I laid that down and, and was dealing with my heart, I had to, I didn't want to go stay at her and her husband's house. I didn't want to do that. I told my wife, I said, you know what? I don't really need to do this. You know, maybe God just wanted me to be willing to do it. No, I needed to. You know, you can talk yourself out. And the, and, and the, the one, the, the, the enemy will come and try to get you to compromise what God's saying to you. But I had to walk that out that way. And when I did that, it broke all kinds of things. I mean, and I even enjoyed it. They got a nice house. I had a real nice bed. It was better than the hotel I slept in in the other place. And they fed me really good home-cooked food. I was thinking, you know, maybe I can change my flight and I'll stay another coat. You know, I mean, I, it, was, it was great. But I, I had to do it and shut all the thoughts and everything down and walk it out and get to the place where this thing is not just talked about releasing it. I'm releasing it. I'm releasing it. And it's going to be this way for... And you know what? You know what? Man, the relationship that I've had with her since then. Right? I mean, just bam. I mean, and then, you, and then the enemy comes and says, man, what you could have done if you'd have done that a long time ago? <laughs> you know, how good your family could have been if you'd have been, not been so stupid all those years. No. God takes you where you're at today. Amen? And you just make a choice. And you know what? Listen to me. It starts, when you ask for forgiveness, it starts so personally. It's between you and God. Nobody else really even needs to know what you're thinking about. And, and, and spouse situations sometimes, in the beginning of the process of the forgiveness, you, you can't even voice it to your spouse because of what God's saying to you. And you know what? When no one else knows what you're walking out, you don't have to feel stupid. You can walk around this, you know, everything's great. And, and, and thoughts are coming, and you know, you shouldn't lay that down. I mean, they did you wrong. Think about what they did to you. Think about 
wow, they don't deserve anything from you. I mean, those thoughts will come. Now, you've got to walk that out with God, and you've got to get a hold of that, and you've got to bind up, and you've got to loose, and you've got to walk with those keys, and you've got to keep opening those doors and opening, seeing your eyes open up and release that stuff, and then, you know, fly somewhere because you've got to go do something for somebody, and not, you know, I never said anything to her about my attitude. I just changed. I didn't say a thing. I didn't tell her. I thought she was whatever, and the whole family, and I didn't like them, and all this stuff. I didn't tell them that. I just changed. You know? I mean, I know they're thinking, you know, why were you this way for so long, and now you're this way? Just the Holy Ghost. <laughs> just a transformation. <laughs> right? How many, how many today want your prayers answered? I do. I mean, why would we not want our prayers answered? Well, Pastor, we can't forgive with that as being the motive. I do. That's my motive. I want my prayers answered. You know why? Because I'm in partnership with God. Huh? And our 50-50 LLC is not doing well because I'm lagging. Hmm? Your 50-50 partnership with God is going to lag when you're not doing your part because he's done his part. So anytime your partnership is not producing, it's because of you. And I don't mean that in a critical way. I'm just saying, let's open the door and let's do some things and let our eyes be opened up and let's make some right choices. Amen? Amen? I want my prayers answered. Right? When I speak over somebody and I speak over my body and I declare that I'm the healed in Christ, wow, I'm just rambling on, aren't I? I want my prayers answered. Amen? God intended it to be that way. So, close your eyes just for a moment as I end with this. Man. Well, God changed my message. and That's why I went over. Blaming God for it. <clears throat> no, no. Glory to God. So, right now with your eyes closed, don't, don't anybody look around. Just think about this. If, I'm going to tell you two things. If God has revealed somebody that you need to forgive during this message, then he wants you to forgive them right now. If he hasn't, don't say, well, forgive me even somebody I'm not thinking. No. Just whenever you're praying... Whenever you're doing whatever and God reveals something to you that you need to forgive a certain person, do it. And I am telling you right now, you watch the power of your prayers and your ability to overcome skyrocket because you're not holding anything against anybody, nobody, no matter what. In the name of Jesus. So right now, if you've got unforgiveness and you know it and you can see that person's face, I mean, you, you know what it is. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. Just, just where you're at. Don't be looking around, anybody looking at someone else or anything. You just do it personally. It's between you and God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Yes.
today, I declare that the enemy is defeated in your life. His lies and his deception are cut off in the name of Jesus. Today, you can forgive as you have forgiven. If you've forgiven somebody today, you did it because you can. And I declare today that you have the power to walk this out every day, consistently, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how to do it and that you embrace the victory in the name of Jesus because forgiveness is the key to answer prayer. Lord, I thank you today as we agree on this. You said any two agree is touching anything that they ask, it shall be accomplished. Today we declare that it is so in the name of Jesus. Unforgiveness is being rooted out of us even right now in the name of Jesus. And we give God all the praise and all the glory today. How good and how magnificent and how wonderful God is. Can you say amen? Amen and amen. Receive this word today and do something with it. Amen.